want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Community Spread, and today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Growing Together as a Grace Community. Let's turn our attention to 2 Peter chapter 3. What we're talking about here as we're thinking about community spread is the idea of God's grace spreading through our lives in our community here and then through us into the lives of those around us, the communities that we live in, uh, the community that this church is placed in. We're also looking at grace groups. Why do we have uh, not only a large group where we learn together, but also why do we have smaller groups that get together on a weekly basis? Why are those important? When we think about this, we think about Acts chapter 2. It says that the people of God were together in the temple in large groups but they were also together in smaller groups. And what was going on in those times of gathering, it was about spiritual formation. They were worshiping the Lord, but they were also being formed as God was working in their lives. And I want to look at that today. Uh, Maybe you're thinking about your own life. You're thinking about your trajectory with the Lord. You're thinking about how you're walking with Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bible with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. If you're looking for 2 Peter, it's all the way at the end, just before you get to uh, 1 John. If you're in Hebrews, you need to go right. If you're in Revelation, you need to go slightly left. 2 Peter chapter 3. We're looking today at growing together as a grace community. As we're looking at growing, again, we, uh, our mission here at Vertical Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never thought of coming to church as being about being a disciple. It's more about coming, attending, connecting. But as we look at the Great Commission, the Great Commission is about being formed into the image of Jesus. Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into the Trinity, and then teaching them, forming them by Jesus Christ's words. Our lives are to be shaped by the grace of God and the words of Jesus Christ. Let's begin reading 2 Peter chapter 3. And verse 17, all that Peter has said, in fact, really his entire ministry over decades, these are the final two verses, the final two thoughts he's going to share really before he begins to drift off into, we have no idea what, but eventually gave his life for Jesus Christ. But verse 17 says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. If I can give you one summary statement of why we're in this chapter, it's two things. One, that your faith would be stable and continue to grow. 
Second of all, it's that all of us would be able to live faithfully for the glory of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the first verse, verse 17. He says, now you therefore, beloved, you look up here for a minute. I know most of you, some of your visitors, but if I can just say this to you as your shepherd in the Lord, um, what I'm going to say here for the next few minutes, I want you to know it comes from the same heart as Peter's heart. It's not meant to be a condemning heart. It's not meant to be a, a confrontational, unnecessarily a confrontational heart, but it is out of a heart of love, uh, what I'm going to share next. It's also out of 11 years of ministry. And honestly, if I add all the years, I, I, I suppose as a preacher's kid, you get credit for being in ministry, kind of half credit for growing up as a preacher's kid and going through all ministry training. You know, over 40 years, I've watched people. And what I'm going to say next is something that I hope you will uh, lean into. No one, no one is spiritually stationary. Everyone in this room and watching online, everyone is moving in a direction, either intentionally or unintentionally. You are moving. You are either moving closer to Jesus Christ and growing in him, or you are drifting from him and moving away from him. And that's what this text is about. And if we're going to get a heart for what Peter is talking about, certainly he was speaking this to people that he loved. If he had lived in this generation, he would have spoken it right into our hearts. But certainly the Holy Spirit wants this message. I've watched for 11 years. Some people lean into the Lord. Some people drift. Some people do both. My prayer is that God is going to help us to grow together as a grace community. Now notice he says here in verse 17, again, the warning's going to come first. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, he says, take care, watch out. This is an imperative. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people. Uh, he's talked earlier in chapter 2 about false teachers those who influence us negatively. He says, do not be carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your stability. What he's saying is it's possible to lose your foundation in Jesus Christ. I don't believe it's possible to lose your salvation, but it is possible to lose your settledness, your foundation, your sense of, of peace and growth in Jesus Christ. Now this picture here of being carried away I want you to think about it in terms of a ship, not a, not a ship like right now or a boat. You know, if you've got in a boat and a motorized boat and you go out fishing and if you've ever been fishing and you're sitting in a boat and the boat, if you don't have the boat going in a trajectory and the wind, there's any wind, even without wind, the boat will slowly start to drift. Now what's said, what we're thinking of here is not a 21st century boat, but a first century ship which was carried by wind, by sails. Now, when we're thinking about a ship, there's two ways to run your ship aground, to run it into the rocks, if you will. The first way is to directly drive it into an island, 
a group of rocks, a cliff, whatever you want to think of. You can turn the ship and go straight into the rocks. Now, certainly, if you begin to listen to people who twist God's word or have no heart for God's word, false teachers, as scripture would call them, if you begin to lean into them fully, what will happen is it's like the person that decides, uh, I, I want to have a beach party. So, yeah, we're going to turn this ship and drive it straight into the rocks. And you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to crash. And the person's like, no, no, it's going to be a beach party. And you're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is not going to end well. But see, here's the other one. And I think for most of us in this room, this is the one that will be most applicable. It's not as though most of us decide that we're going to stop listening to God's word. Part of just the fact that you're here indicates that you're not interested in that. The bigger danger to you is not turning the ship directly. It is to become passive in your walk with the Lord and to slowly over time begin to drift, 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 drift until one day you find yourself on those same rocks. Now that's the concern of Peter. It's also my concern as your shepherd in the Lord. I want to begin with this thought this morning. You are not unchanging. Jesus Christ is unchanging. Jesus Christ never moves. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are not. You are not unchanging. You are spiritually growing or drifting in some direction. Now, once we begin with that thought and that idea that we are moving, it's not, a, it's not whether you're going to move or not. The question is what you're moving toward and whether it's intentional or not. I'll say it this way. Indifference and drifting go hand in hand. Drift happens. It happens to some of the most unexpected people. That's another thing that I would say as I get older. Here's one of the things that comes with age. And I'll take the positive with the negative. It's that you get perspective. You begin to see what happens in people's lives, not over years, not over months. When you're a teenager, everything's happened so quickly and you think you have perspective. Then you get in your 20s and your 30s, now in your 40s, you start to get a little more perspective because you watch people not over years and months, but decades. And one of the things that you watch over time is a sense that some of the people you thought were totally dialed in to the Lord that had a trajectory that would lead to only good things, you come to realize not everybody ends the same place that you think they will. You realize that some people who are on fire for the Lord, who are, have set their hearts to please him, who, who seem to be set on a trajectory that would lead them to honor him in every way and to grow without stopping. And then you find over time they've slowed and then if you follow their lives decades, you find them over in the rocks crashing, having completely made a mess of everything that God had given them. I want us to take that as a sober warning. That's what Peter says here. He says, knowing this beforehand, what he's saying is, I want you to know this before it happens to you. This is Pastor Luke Aarons. Maybe you've been listening to Meeting with God and wondering, how can I embrace the gift of salvation and follow Jesus Christ? Or I have some questions about Jesus and the journey of faith. 
We would love to answer any questions you may have or help you in taking the next step of faith. Let me encourage you to visit our church website, verticalchurch.life, or visit one of our weekend services in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Some of us remember that uh, term, just by me saying this, it certainly dates me to some extent. You ever remember the saying, this is your brain, this is your brain on? Yeah, you probably didn't expect to be saying drugs in church this morning. But I want you to think about this on a different angle. What if we changed brain and instead of that, we replaced it with heart? This is your heart. This is your heart on drift. And most most of us won't think about that. Most of us, when we think of our walk with the Lord, we tend to look back. We tend to look about where we've come. We tend to look back and see what God has done. That is our testimony. But I want you to think in your own mind, in your imagination, what would happen to my life if my heart drifted for two years? What if I put my relationship with the Lord and my heart to follow him and my need for his grace in my life every day, what if I put that on drift for three years or five years or 10 years? Some of us who right now think that, oh no, I'm in a great place. It's all good. I, I'm, what you might not realize is you're two years into drift and you could end up all the way off the edge but for the grace of God being spoken into your life about leaning in the way God wants you to. Most drifters don't realize until too late that they're drifting. What we need is an awakening moment. I had one of these awakening moments uh, a couple weeks ago. Again, I'm talking about age. And uh, we all have those moments where age catches up with us. And um, I went to Panera early. I like to get out, especially when Jensen uh, is out of town. And I like to get out real early before the kids get up. And I get some work done uh, quickly uh, to Panera or Starbucks, then come home. And uh, I-, I was there and I was reading the book that our, our small group is going through. And I was trying to read it. And I, I was looking at the words and Stuff was dancing, and the book was not the way the book was supposed to be. And I thought, man, what's wrong with my eyes? Is it the stress that I'm under? Am I, just, am I just not doing well? Am I sick? Are my eyes going? And so I started trying to work on my sermon. I couldn't focus on the screen. It was like my head was a mess. I was, I, I was starting to get afraid. I was like, what is going on here? So I decided I would stop, grab some coffee, went down to the office here, and I was fine. I'm like, what was that? Is it spiritual warfare? Is, 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 is it, what is going on? Well, I got through the day, and um, that was a Thursday, and Jensen came home that night. I was off on Friday, but I mentioned it to Jensen, and she, she, uh, she texted a lady in our, that used to go to our church. I did her wedding. She's an optometrist up in the Cleveland area. And she came back with a bunch of different questions for me. Well, are you feeling this? Are you feeling that? And then she ended with this thing. Well, do you happen to be in your late 30s or early 40s? Yes. Yes. Well, she said, you know, you might want to try some, some reading glasses. It doesn't seem like you have any major things. I was encouraged to hear that. She said, you should go see an eye doctor, but in the meantime, get some reading glasses. 
So the very next day on Saturday morning, I was coming in early, writing my sermon, getting ready for the service, and uh, I just stopped at Staples and I, I bought this pair of reading glasses. And I went up to my office and cut off all the stuff that's on it, and I, I put them on, and I'd never been to an eye doctor in my entire life, so I didn't, ha- I didn't know what this experience was. So I put them on, and I pulled a book up to, and I had an awakening. I'd not seen a book like that in three years. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. I get to read again. Now, the reason I say that is um, some of us might need the awakening moment of realizing that we've been drifting. My eyes had been drifting. I just didn't know it. And I was trying harder, and my eyes were overcompensating, which was probably leading to some of the headaches I was having. And all of these things going on. Now, we know what that's like in age, but I want to ask you to apply that to your spiritual development. You see, what God might be speaking into your heart as I go through the rest of the message is that God is inviting you to get some reading glasses and to have an awakening to where he wants you to grow in your faith and stop drifting. That's God's heart for you. God wants you to experience all the joy that he has brought to you in Jesus Christ if you're willing to embrace growing instead of drifting. Let's look at that really quick. Maybe you're only, well, what do I do? I don't want to drift, Pastor. I, I, I want to make the change. I want to have an awakening. I want to lean in. Well, the answer is right here in verse 18. If you look in verse 18, it says, but he's He's contrasting this with the person who is just carried away, passively drifting into error. And he says in verse 18, but grow in two things, in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, the best understanding of this is really to separate grace from the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so that's how we're going to look at them. The first is to grow in grace. To grow is the opposite of drift. It is intentionally allowing God's grace and my relationship with Jesus Christ to shape me and form me into the image of Jesus himself. Now, first it says to grow in grace, to grow in grace. Maybe you're thinking, well, is this, is this my salvation? Is that what he's talking about? To grow in uh, the gospel uh, is the greatest expression of God's grace. When we think about Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace we have been saved through faith. This not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast. Uh, salvation is a gift from God. It is a grace gift. It is God's unmerited favor toward us. We don't deserve salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It's a gift. We either receive it or we don't. But there's more than that. What we're talking about here in this text is not referring explicitly to salvation, to the part after salvation. One man wrote this, a man named Thomas Schreiner. He wrote, grace is the foundation of the lives of believers and is entirely God's gift. And yet believers are exhorted to grow in it, to be nurtured in it, and to be strengthened by it. Grace is not a static reality. Believers are to grow in it until the day that we die. Now, if you have your Bible, turn back to the beginning the beginning of this chapter, if you go back to 2 Peter chapter 1, 
verse 2, right at the beginning of this message, or right at the beginning of this book, I should say, uh, kind of the two bookends of this letter that Peter has written. Uh, we're reading one of them. Now let's go to the other bookend. You can see that grace is the theme. Verse 2 says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And here's the beautiful thing. Peter's great desire as a shepherd over these churches, his prayer, his blessing over them, his desire for them is that they would experience a multiplication of God's grace and peace in their lives. That's his prayer for them. And then he explains things that are important to that. And then we're at the very end of the book. And what he says is, listen, I've prayed this for you. But you have to make the choice to grow in it. And unless you make the choice and embrace this imperative to grow in grace, you're essentially not opening the gifts that God has given you. Now think about it this way. When we receive the gift of salvation, it's like this massive, massive, massive gift that God gives us. And we receive it. And we're amazed by it. But some of us think, okay, I got this massive gift of grace. I'm going to put that down in my living room. This is awesome. I've got this gift. This is all I ever need. I've got what I need. Now I'm going to coast into eternity. Not realizing that every single day I need new gifts of grace. And it's like this. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, not only do we receive this awesome gift of salvation by grace, God's favor, but it's like every morning we wake up and open the front door and there's four packages on the steps, four new gifts of grace that I need today. And our Heavenly Father that knows us, that is thinking about our challenges, thinking about the good things going, it knows everything about us. It's like he's already pre-ordered that grace, those packages, and they arrive right on time. All we need to do is pick them up and bring them in and open them up. We need grace every day. Now, here's the thing. Some of us, we get our four gifts of grace, but we're busy. And, and so we say, hey, honey, honey, can you take the, can you take the top gift off the top? And, and then I'm going to go put these in the living, I'm going to go put these in the dining room and I'll put them on the table and I'm going to leave them there. Maybe if I have time after, after work, before I put the kids to bed, I'll go open those up. But then the next day, we, we, there's four more, and we pick them up, and we're like, well, I got time to get two of these, but, you know, I'm just going to put the rest of them back in here. And suddenly, that dining room starts getting more and more filled with, you know, there's something I've learned over time. Clean out their homes in difficult situations. I've seen a couple hoarder situations. One of the interesting things that I picked up, and you can, I've watched this on television too, you've seen this. It's interesting to me, an interesting note about hoarders, at least that I've observed, is that when you go through a home of a hoarder, what you find is not that they open, I mean, whether they ordered things online or whether they bought packages and brought them home, what you will find is a lot of those packages are unopened. They just had the joy of buying them 
And then they, instead of opening and enjoying them, they just keep packing them in and packing them in and packing them in until what happens? Until the gifts end up becoming a problem and become an irritation and sometimes destroy relationships. That's true about grace too. If God is giving you grace and giving you gifts of grace, but you don't take the time to open them and grow in them, what ends up happening is you keep shoving it into places of your life, but your life is not changed. And then over time, you become more irritable. And why isn't God meeting me? And why isn't God touching my life? And why isn't God helping me with these relationships? And God's like, they're all sitting in there. All the gifts, all your needs, all the things that you've needed or wanted in order to grow, they're all sitting in there. You're just not opening up the gifts. And that's where the Apostle Peter is saying, you need to grow. You need to take advantage of them. You need to open them. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.